Mic check, one, two, what is this? Santana's back to business. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Not Rocket Science. If it's your first time, this is a podcast mostly talking about tech, innovation, product development, pop culture news, things like that. It's kind of like also fashion um, you know, it's like pop culture and tech. It's like tech crunch, hype beast, all that shit kind of combined into one show with me just blabbling. Um, so it's hot as heck. I'll censor myself there. Hot as heck here in Brooklyn, New York today. It's about like 90 degrees. I'm sweating already. Um, I've been sweating all day, but I like it. Because I feel like I'm losing weight. I always like everyone's like I hate humidity. I'm like yeah, it doesn't feel great, but I feel like I'm I'm like working out without working out. So I kind of like it in a weird way. But and I don't know why I always talk about the weather whenever I start one of these things. I guess it's like small talk, right? When you're in the office and you see someone you kind of know but you don't really know, and you're like, hey man, how about that uh, heat wave? And they're like, "Uh, I don't really want to talk to you right now, but I'll keep going and be polite. Um, I just think it's an easy thing to set things off, you know what I mean? It's an easy easy topic. Everyone knows weather. Whether or not you know the rest of this podcast, you know weather. Nah, I mean, so today, I guess... I don't know why. I generally pick a, like a topic of the day and stick to it on some level. Um, today I wanted to talk more about music tech. So I think I said this in the first episode I ever did of this show, but haven't really in subsequent episodes at all. Like music production on top of um, doing what I do, which is UX design for, for a living. Um, I'm a big time music head. And I've uh, been a fan of music production for a long time. I've been dabbling in it for since I was like freshman, freshman in college, basically. Um, all the music you hear on this show, like the intro, outro music, I tend to switch it up a lot, but those are all produced by me. Uh, some of them are sampled. Some of them are original. Um, well, they're all original, but sometimes I'll use samples like... I was using one uh, that where I sampled that M83 Midnight City song. Um, but that's not like someone else remixing it. That's me just using that sample on my own beats. I like to switch it up. You know, I like to kind of like set a vibe for the episode a little. And outside of the whole podcasting thing, uh, I like to just make beats for myself or th- for uh, friends of mine, collab on things. So it's kind of just even removed from just the podcast thing. It's something that I like to do independently. And uh, I figured there's a lot going on in music technology right now that's super interesting. Um, 
so I wanted to shed some light on that uh, particularly a company so there is this company called splice it's, what they do is really interesting I've been aware of them for probably two two and a half years now um, and they're out of New York City I believe they're out of, yeah they're definitely out of New York City and what they are is kind of integrating um, kind of like Dropbox and um, what Adobe is doing this these days with their creative cloud and applying it to music production. It's really cool. So basically what it is is it's this platform that you sign up for, and then they have this whole marketplace of sounds. So like if you're a music producer, and you can look at a lot of uh, vloggers on YouTube that are music producers that tell you about this stuff, but basically... A good chunk of your time when you're making a beat isn't like composing so much. It's it's just finding sounds that work um, either with what you've already created or sometimes you're stuck on an idea and you just need to find something to just get that spark going. You know what I mean? Something that's different, something that's unique, something that sounds like you can build an entire arrangement around it and it's really a pain in the ass because back in the day you'd have to just buy these super expensive kits you know it's kind of like buying a movie but or it's more like buying cable you know how like when you buy cable like how many shows do you honestly watch that you pay for like if you had your cable bill monthly and then you went back to your viewing history out of all the things available to you how much of it are you actually watching you're probably watching like 25 cents to a dollar's worth of your cable bill roughly um and music production was that way back in the day like you had to just buy what you had or you would download BitTorrent cracked versions that could give your computer a virus of uh these soft synths which are synths on a computer they're not like hardware so you don't have to go to a store and buy it and lug it home it's all on your computer or sound sample packs um, I think every or most people I ever talked to did a mix of both um, BitTorrenting and buying sound packs or you'd BitTorrent it at first to sample it and if you liked it you'd go and buy the real one to be you know a good person or whatever that was kind of how it was for a long time um, but when Netflix and Spotify and all these new startups did the whole uh monthly payment SaaS business model thing I guess it sparked whoever created Splices um, sparked them with the idea to do this with music production um, so what they do is they have this marketplace of sounds and plugins where it's like you can download as much as you want as long as you're paying your monthly rate and it's like rent to buy but you can use it in your productions it's crazy and it's like they also at this point are doing a lot of um exclusive artist packs so one way music producers make another stream of revenue is they create their own sample packs and sell them or they would do a deal with back in the day a place like loop masters which was a marketplace where you can buy these things but Splice kind of adopted that, and but you can rent the sounds, so you're not paying like $50 per pack. You're just paying your monthly rate, and you can download all these samples that are 
created from these big time producers themselves. And they also um, have other people. You know, I mean, I mean, and some of the artists like it's as big as like Dead Mouse and people like that who are some of the biggest electronic producers in the world. But there's also even singers who do vocal samples, so you can like do the whole like glitchy, you know, like all that shit. Um, you can make those kinds of beats. They have a really impressive catalog in, of the at this point of uh, sound packs, and if you're into music production, like this is the way everyone does it like i was just watching the other day um a youtube video with demi lovato's main producer guy he's in that documentary she did i forget his name his name uh big dude with afro he did this ted talk and he mentioned splice totally unprompted like he was basically showing his process and what his process was like the first step was just buying or uh, looking for sounds on Splice. His name's Oak Felder, by the way. Uh, Oak Felder, super talented dude. And he was talking about Splice unprompted. And the topic was a guide to producing a viral song. And it was just him making a beat. But he went to Splice and when he was sound hunting initially. So I just find it super interesting. Um, if you're getting into production now, I would say without a doubt do this. It's like if you're getting into graphic design these days, like you need Photoshop, right? So you either get a cracked version of Photoshop or you sign up with Adobe Creative Cloud. You pay your monthly bill or whatever, and then you have your Photoshop, and you can make your posters or whatever the fuck you're making with it. And you can also download Illustrator and After Effects and blah, 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 blah. It's the same thing here. Um, the other thing they offer is plugins. So plugins could be synthesizers. It could be uh, reverb effects, compressors, mastering plugins. Um, usually Serum is the most popular synth out there that that's like probably the most popular plugin it's the synth that you make all the crazy edm shit with um it's a really flexible synthesizer um that's been around a long time and a lot of big time artists use it it uses um technology called wavetable synthesis which gives you the ability to have like super wacky futuristic sound you know like when dubstep was really big and everything was just like like that's all done um there's a few synths you can use but serum was one of the big ones and massive was another big one um but that's what wavetable synthesis is and there's also ozone 8 which is a mastering suite and that's a, according to their market right now two of the top five plugins is uh are made by ozone which isotope is the company and that is for mastering your chat your tracks uh your final mixes etc and making them sound super super sexy and try to you know start getting that hit sangle now i mean everyone wants that hit sangle I think right now that Dua Lipa Calvin Harris song is going to be the the main summer hit of 2018. I already feel it. 
it's an interesting i like i like the whole garage style that they're going with with like the the delayed saxophones and everything i can't hate on it i think calvin harris is a fucking freak i think that guy is low-key freak low-key savage to the extreme i don't know what it is i thought this way back when he was a youtube celebrity in the early days of youtube I still feel that way now. And then you hear, you know, like these like British tabloid magazines or whatever always have these little like articles that throw him in these crazy little scandals. I think a lot of it's bullshit, but I think that guy is a low-key freak and talented music producer. You know, some guys can just pump out hits and they adopt to that. They adopt to what's happening now, but they also throw something in to kind of push things forward or backward a little bit like his sound now is um you know very different from when he first got big but he's inserting new things in that aren't really new but they're throwbacks to an era that never got like the the uh retro nostalgic kind of like new wave of interest um like 80s music did and continues to with stranger things being a huge tv show um but there's like music is kind of like fashion where you know everything's cyclical and a lot of these older styles get kind of recontextualized into the more modern format and right now what he's doing is he's using um your typical house framework to build like a house song that's really big right now but he's also throwing in some uk garage shit which i have not seen that style of music in mainstream for a long 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 time uk garage to me if you ever watch um any guy Ritchie movie from the 90s or if you watched any of the f- uh, the early, not the original, but like the George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Ocean Eleven movies. If you watch like those Ocean's Eleven movies, uh, a lot of the soundtrack is kind of this like UK garage trip hoppy kind of thing. And Calvin Harris is definitely throwing some of those sounds into into what he's doing now because he did it with his last song with uh, Party Next Door, which is more like a reggae dance dance hall kind of thing. But this Dua Lupa song is very much a house, garagey, summery kind of feel. I like it, but that guy's a low-key freak, for real. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to talk about Splice because I think Splice is the way you do music as a producer now, going forward. I think they got in early to this new market. They kind of innovated how producers can purchase sounds at scale for a much better price and they're just gonna fucking dominate this space i have no doubt about it going forward um i've been using them on and off for about a year year and a half now and they got their shit together um their interface is great their offerings are in terms of their marketplace is phenomenal and their price is decent it's not too bad um, I can go to the price page right now on the site. I don't remember it off of the top of my head. But what they do is they can do a rent-to-own model for some of the more expensive plugins where it's like, 
for isotope it's to for your mastering plugin it's 10 bucks a month for 20 months which is in line with probably how much it costs to just buy straight up but you're i think you get like a 30-day preview or three no it's three days three days isn't that great but you get a preview to use it before you have to pay any money which is cool and the sounds i think it's something like 20 bucks a month um to purchase sound packs which i think is fair if you're producing music constantly if you're not producing music constantly and you're just occasionally playing around i'm not sure if it's for you but if you're if it's your job to be a music producer or you're trying to make that your job and you're just cranking out tracks daily weekly whatever highly recommended um you know they're just taking the spotify model and applying it to the production side of things also you can have this drop but i originally called it kind of like a dropbox for music producers and that's because there's a lot of collaboration tools where you and another person in another state in another country you know maybe you link up with some nice swedish dude who uh is really good at doing some stuff with synthesizers that you're not too accustomed to and you want to link up you and him can you know you can send your shit over to scandinavia He'll do his thing. He'll send it back to you and bust out a track like like in no time. They make collaboration seamless, easy, and definitely a step up from what was there previously, which was basically you going back and forth on Dropbox all day because um, you guys can go in the same session. It's almost like editing a Google Doc or a spreadsheet or something like that. It's really, it's really a... Uh, step up from what was there previously that's all the game is you know it's about progress they're being smart about how they roll out new products new features and they're just doing the damn thing i'm not um i'm just saying this just because i'm a fan that's all this is i'm not saying it for any other reasons i'm not trying to you know get into working there or anything like that i just am appreciative of how much of a benefit um, they've provided to the music community. And I'm curious to see what they do next. And speaking of Spotify, man, they're all over the news right now. I don't know what the fuck is going on with them from a PR standpoint. Because they're in the news for not great reasons. I think what they did with... um, their whole corporate policy when it comes to yanking artists off of their playlist is a great example of political correctness gone wrong um, because it has definitely gone wrong for them. So let me give you a timeline of what's going on here if you're not aware. So there's two artists in particular that kind of started this whole thing. One is R. Kelly. You all know R. Kelly, you know, I believe I can fly, remixed it, that, R. Kelly. Uh, we, we know that he likes, he likes to dabble in, uh, dabble in various forms of pedophilia, it seems like at this point. Um, he had the whole, like, sex slave thing going on where he had a bunch of girls in a house and was like paying for them but basically let i don't know the media was saying how they're basically like sex slaves for him and he's had various incidents with minors everyone knows the deal with r kelly um 
And the other artist is uh, XX, X Tentacion. He's a rapper out of Florida who is kind of like, I look at him kind of like the Marilyn Manson of rap or like the Nine Inch Nails back in the day, like in back in the early 90s, what those guys were doing. Um, he blew up on SoundCloud, had some hit songs. He's pretty talented in his own way. Um, he's very kind of like new school way of rapping that. A lot of older hip-hop heads don't really appreciate but the guy's definitely an artist but he's also definitely mentally unstable he's been he's his rap sheet is ridiculous but it's not just like dealing drugs or whatever he he has a history of domestic violence um which is pretty unfortunate and terrible um but point being of all, and he's young as hell, by the way. He's only like 20 years old. Like he blew up as a teenager on SoundCloud, and he's how old is he? Yep, he's 20. He's exactly 20 years old, which is insane. He can't even legally drink yet. Um, but he's had a slew of legal issues. If you bring it up, he was in a youth detention center on gun possession charges in 2016 he was arrested and charged for robbery assault with a deadly weapon da, 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 da. and he pistol whipped the victim three times oh shit and then october of 2016 he was awaiting trial for that and was arrested again on charges of false imprisonment witness tampering an aggravated battery of a pregnant victim. So he's had a slew of issues. He uh, also definitely suffers from depression. He's been very vocal about that on social media. Um, so yeah, he's just a kid that's messed up and is doing some, he's had some big mess ups in his life so far. But I mean, it's bad. I detest it. And, you know, he has to get his shit together. But at the same time, he's 20 years old. Like, there's still so much ahead for him to, to kind of, you know, change his life and not fret on what he did in the past and just go forward with shit. Um, you know, but I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not going to get into that whole side of things. But what I will get into is the fact that Spotify out of nowhere took his music and R. Kelly's music down from their playlists um i think a lot of the controversy of all this though is sort of stemmed um for the fact that people didn't realize that it was spotify took them off spotify playlists the, i think the initial reaction because people don't read shit and just go for sensationalist headlines was that they got removed from spotify which is not the case they're just not going to get promoted on spotify anymore um Supposedly, that led to roughly $60,000 a year less for, for X, um, and it didn't really affect R. Kelly, supposedly. That's just an article I read on, I think, The Fader. Um, I don't know where those numbers are coming from or anything like that. But the outrage with all this is the fact that it's Spotify reacting to news headlines happening now, and having this policy that they don't they're not consistent with at all like when spotify initially back in um 
couple weeks ago, I think at this point, a few weeks ago, back in like May, they released a statement saying how they have this new policy and the removal of R. Kelly's music um, is just like a company values kind of thing. Yeah, in this article I'm reading, Jonathan Prince, who's the vice president and head of content marketplace he uh, policy, he told Billboard, quote, when we look at promotion, we look at issues around hateful conduct where you have an artist or another creator who has done something off-platform that is particularly out of line with our values, gregarious in a way that it becomes something that we don't want to associate ourselves with. So we decided that in some circumstances we may not choose to work with the artist on their content in the same way, to not program it, to not playlist it, to not do artist marketing campaigns, etc. Um, okay. That's fine. But again, to what I said about earlier, is if you're gonna if you're gonna follow through on this, all right, someone's riding a motorcycle outside, getting their fucking Fast and Furious on. I apologize. Again, I live in Brooklyn off of a highway. I have to deal with this shit all day. I have to hear 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 cars honking all day in the morning. It's annoying. I'm sorry. Anyway, back to what I was saying. If you're gonna have this policy where if an artist is acting weird, you're going to not put any of your machine behind them anymore. That's perfectly fine. Every business has the right to do that. Um, but where this gets tricky is when a business like Spotify becomes reactionary to sensationalist news headlines or non-sensationalist truthful news headlines but aren't consistent across the board. Like, it, there was a... Uh, tweet that came out in, re- in response from uh, XXX Tentacion's team about when he got removed from playlists and basically gave a long list of artist names who in the past have been in hot water for similar issues and a lot of them are classic rock guys like uh, you know Gene Simmons of Kiss, Sexual Battery Red Hot Chili Peppers, Sexual Assault. That one was a little silly because that happened at a, an MTV Spring Break thing back in the 80s. Um, and it was just like a big party. And it was wrong, but it was, it was MTV Spring Break. Uh, David Bowie, Rape Allegations. It's allegations. Real Estate, Sexual Misconduct. Backstreet Boys, Nick Carter, Sexual Assault. Ozzy Osbourne, Domestic Abuse. Ace of Base, founding members of Neo-Nazi. I had no idea about that until I saw this tweet about a month ago and I looked it up. Interesting, to say the least. Seal, Sexual Battery. Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin, Rape of a Minor. Um, I think that might have just been a groupie thing, but it was like it was a rape of a minor, technically, uh, according to the law. It was like some underage girl. Um, Michael Jackson, of course. Miles Davis, Domestic Abuse, Sid Vicious, Sex Pistols. Um, 6 9 who is another dude that's like in the headlines right now because uh, his case was sexual misconduct with a minor that I think is on tape um, so that's even current and I don't see him removed from Spotify playlists last I checked could be wrong about that um, Trey Songs, Fabulous Dr. Dre uh, who I don't even think has much music on Spotify I think he took his stuff off Spotify but point being is that if you're gonna 
be you know take the moral high ground on how you promote artists be consistent with how you do it and i agree 100 percent. this idea of just like reacting and doing this and putting out press releases from your pr department you know trying to make you guys look like this beacon of integrity or something you got to follow through no because people can people can research this stuff now you know what i mean like I think there was this culture of doing this stuff pre-internet where it worked because people didn't have the same access to information like they do now. Um, you know, in this day and age, people are going to call you out on your bullshit, and it's very easy for a huge corporation to have some bullshit to get called on. And this is a good case of it. But they didn't even give a shit until recently, and that's because Kendrick Lamar... Uh, contacted Spotify or his team did and said that he, you know, if they didn't reinstate um, X's music to the playlist, that he would ask to get his music taken down from playlists or Spotify in general, removed from Spotify. To me, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't know why that matters so much because it's just playlists we're talking about here. We're not talking about getting removed, period. Um, if he's upset because of the lack of consistency, though, I get it. Um, it's just, that's a heavy move. And I'm glad some power player like like Kendrick Lamar actually decided to take a stand on some level. Even though his thing recently where he brought up the white girl on stage to sing one of his songs that have a lot of N-bombs and she starts saying the lyrics and then he calls her out on it. That was a little weird to me. Um... I'm all for calling out white people for dropping the N-bomb for sure, but, like, she kind of got set up, you know. She kind of He's kind of catfishing her because he knows his songs. He knows that song has a lot of N-bombs in it, and he picked her to come up. Like, that's just a, that's a weird position for a fan to be in. I mean, Chris Rock even had that stand-up bit back in the day about this whole exact thing where he, like, let white people get a pass if they had just for singing rap lyrics so it was something like that but uh it was a funny bit i i remember being funny at least but it's just weird to know you're about to play a song with a lot of n-words in it you pick a random fan to do to come up on stage to rap the song with you and you pick a white girl who raps the song with you and says the lyrics verbatim like to me that's kind of a catfishy situation kind of a setup I don't get the mentality behind it. Unless he was just testing her, but you shouldn't be testing your own fans with that shit. Come on. Um, but I applaud him for calling Spotify out on their BS. Even though it's a very heavy move for like something as small as playlists and he's not directly affiliated, I don't think, with like XX X Sensation at all. But uh regardless, I hate corporate fuckery and this was an example of corporate fuckery like i don't like r kelly at all x i don't really listen to x's music that much but yeah you either take everyone off who's ever been convicted of anything that's a crime or you don't and just coming out with some policy that's super subjective like if you read their policy it's just like they're using words that are very subjective and very open for interpretation. And that's obviously on purpose to give them leverage to do what they want. But people see through that bullshit these days. People can see through 
bullshit tactics that worked before information was as accessible as it is now um, and that don't work anymore. And I don't get why companies continue to fall into this trap over and over again. And now Spotify is in hot water from a PR standpoint, and now they got to dig themselves out of this hot water. I mean, I don't know if they're losing revenue over this or anything, but, you know, bad press is bad press, and I doubt that they actually, you know, they want to be in the spotlight for now going on two months for bad press because of a bullshit policy that they implemented just recently. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's stuff like this, because I work in New York City, and I, I do a job where I could work potentially at Spotify. Like, I'm qualified to work there. Um, I actually know I have some connections to people there. But it's shit like this. I keep seeing with them over and over again where it, it like, makes me not want to work there or have any aspirations to ever even apply there. It's just, like, coming across... Like, after listening to... The, the Joe Rogan podcast with Billy Corgan and Billy Corgan basically broke down how artists are still getting screwed over from the record companies. You know, Spotify is basically pimping out their equity to music labels and music labels pimped out their artists to Spotify to cut a deal that in the long run screws over the artists compared to what they're worth in a way for record companies to keep artists within their system. Um, you know, after listening to that, you know, Spotify originally looked at as this, you know, alternative to the norm when it comes to distribution of music. But, you know, they, they got in bed with the same dinosaur record labels that hurt, you know, artists in the first place. So to me, it's just when I see shit like that, I'm like, I don't want to fucking work there. And then the other startup around here, SoundCloud, I don't want to work for that. I, I used to dream about working for SoundCloud back after I graduated from college. And now I'm kind of like, eh. I don't know what, what SoundCloud is anymore. Like, SoundCloud to me was a way to find new artists. And it still is that way, but the problem is the way you found your artists, you're not able to do anymore. Because... The way it worked is an artist that's like a bedroom producer would create these bootlegs that would be remixes of popular songs. And then they would release them on SoundCloud. They wouldn't be trying to make any kind of money at all. They were just trying to get search results. So when someone puts in the name of this hot song, they see the remix from that artist. And they'll be like, all right, I'll listen to a remix. And then if they like the remix, then they're going to follow that artist, check out his catalog, her catalog. And uh, that's how artists got relevance on the internet. You know, even Tentacion as a rapper, he did that. But it was really popular with producers, particularly back when the EDM wave first hit, back in like 2008, 2009. Um, you know, tons of artists that were producers, electronic producers, broke on SoundCloud. But now you can't do that anymore. Because the record labels got all pissed off at them, and now there's all this intellectual property bullshit that, where if you do, like if I were to remix Calvin Harris and Dua Lipa and put that shit on my SoundCloud page, it would get taken down really quickly. And if you do it too many times, you get your account suspended. And it's like, then what's the point? You guys were nothing until you allowed this kind of thing. Before, I mean, the original 
vision of SoundCloud was almost like freesound.org where you'd just like do show your field recordings off or whatever. Um, and it became a music machine because people were able to freely show their music. They're not trying to get money from it or anything like that, but it's just from exposure. You know, you could leverage what's hot now to help your brand. Um, and now that's all screwed up again because of big record labels. Uh, intellectual property law that was made by people that don't understand creativity on any level. And it drives me fucking nuts. Like, people should be able to remix an artist and put it out there. Like, you're giving credit. You're not, it's not like, it's not like what Vanilla Ice did with Ice Ice Baby, where it's like, he basically just rapped over Under Pressure, added a hi-hat, and put it out there as an original song, and refused to recognize Under Pressure. This is like, you're literally just saying, if it's like One Kiss by Calvin Harris, what shows up is One Kiss by Calvin Harris, and then, in parentheses, Such and Such Producer Remix. So it's still like you're giving credit. You're you're acknowledging the artist. Uh, it's just a remix. And you're throwing it up on a free platform. You're not trying to monetize off of it. It's not like putting it on Beatport. Beatport is a different platform for house music, electronic music artists to put out their music and monetize it. But that's totally different. This is just throwing some bootleg up and seeing if anyone listens to it. And I think that should be legal. I don't get it. Like, if I created a song from scratch and released it and it's a hit song, I would want people to bootleg that. Like, I, from an artist standpoint, I don't, I don't get it. Because it's not like artists in general are getting well compensated by, the, by how the system works now and how intellectual property law works now. So the bottom line is, what's frustrating is that these laws aren't written by underwriters that consult directly with artists they're being written by lawyers that don't understand what artists want when it comes to legality because they're trying to define guidelines around this principle of intellectual property which isn't even a real thing it's not a real thing it's something that was concepted to apply property laws like land property to things that are creative concepts but not tangible hardware or land mass or physical matter anyway i'm gonna end this rant now it's just annoying man it really is when i when i see this bullshit and now like soundcloud has just been dying in hype year by year at this point it's like they're slowly bleeding out or something like the most newsworthy thing that i remember recently is when they're gonna go under and like chance the rapper offered to save them because he initially got his buzz off that platform. A little different. He was, you know, making original songs, but even his songs they were using samples that were big and, you know, he wasn't getting hit with legal fees when he was first coming out, throwing random stuff on there. Um, but he offered to save it and that became a big headline. Um and that's it. Since then I haven't heard anything about SoundCloud from a news standpoint. I just know I've put up little remixes and stuff and got it taken down and had them email me saying like if I do this too many times I'm gonna get my account suspended um it's just silly because I don't know what their business is anymore like I don't know they're trying to do a SoundCloud Go which is this premium thing and it's like that's not gonna work there's 80 million ways to listen to music I listen to SoundCloud 
or I listen to artists on SoundCloud because I was trying to listen to stuff I can't find on Spotify. And a lot of that is bootlegs and remixes that you now take down with the quickness. So I don't get it, man. I don't know where we're going with this thing. But music technology is in a really interesting place. Um, from the production standpoint, you got these new platforms like Splice just killing it and providing a lot of value for producers that was not there at all in any form previously. And on the other hand, when it comes to the distribution side of music, this thing's always going to be a tricky puzzle. But the bottom line is it just seems like corporate machines are always going to be the ones that come out on top. I mean, we had this minute where it wasn't the case with music because people were struggling to figure out how to monetize from it. But we're back to the same old corporate BS. Unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, I just hope that something bubbles up that helps new artists break similar to how SoundCloud helped new artists break back in the day. Beatport's pretty good for the electronic world, um, but it's not quite the same because you're not going to be discovered as quickly because you can only do remixes that um, you have rights to, which are like official remixes, which is like SoundCloud now. Um, what was special about SoundCloud was you could do any remix of any song, and if it was good enough, people would follow you. And I think that's perfectly fine in music. I really do. You're giving credit. You're not monetizing off of the off of the remix. I don't see the big deal. Um, but it is what it is. So I'm gonna wrap this shit up. Another episode. Um, we have Twitter. We have Instagram. It'd be good if you guys give us a follow. Um, I'm not gonna beg for it because not so much because I don't want to. It's just that I feel like every content producer in the world spends a good five minutes at the end of their videos or the beginning of their videos just begging for likes follows etc comments yada 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 and i don't want i I think at this point you know if you guys want to follow you have your mind made up anyway me just begging isn't going to do anything in the long run so i'm gonna let you decide that on your own but uh we do appreciate it um, and I'm just going to keep cranking out episodes and trying to build this thing. Got a long weekend, Memorial Day. Um, hope you, hopefully you guys are doing some sort of barbecue action. The weather's going to be crappy here. It's going to be raining all weekend. Today's the only nice day. But uh, I will have more time on my hands to do more episodes. And just try to find a nice groove to this thing. I'm still new to this podcasting game. I'm still new to doing these episodes. I haven't had guests on yet. I eventually want to have guests on where we can have more of a free-flowing conversation. So these episodes hopefully will feel a little more organic and less like me rambling. Um, But I do enjoy this. It's a lot of fun. And I'm going to keep cranking these bitches out. I think I'm going to do an episode soon back on user experience design. So if you're interested in user experience design, digital product design, graphic design, web design, app design, anything like that. Stay tuned for that one. I'm going to particularly be talking about voice design um, because I'm reading a book on it right now. I'm going to review that and then talk a little bit about how robots are going to eventually take the world and uh, take over the world and render us obsolete at this point. Um, That's coming up soon. 
and I'm going to do another sneaker episode soon. I said that last episode, it's still uh, in the queue, but I think the next one will probably be something around user experience design and designing for Alexas and Google Homes and all that cool, funky stuff. Um, Thanks so much, guys, for listening to another episode. Check us out on social media. Follow and like if you so choose. Uh, But I truly do appreciate it. I appreciate Anchor for this platform and this their distribution um, tools. It's awesome. I really appreciate what they're doing in the podcast space, much like Splice in the music production space. Thanks so much, guys. That's it. I'm Audi. This is not rocket science. I am Sean. Take it easy.